14 of Better. Hey, y'all. It is a beautiful day in our neighborhood. (laughs) I hope it's the same for you wherever you are. We had a great weekend here on Easter weekend, or we call it Resurrection Sunday, a time that we remember that Jesus was crucified, and he died, man, just a terrible death on that cross. But three days later, he rose back up to life. He did all of that so that we might live. I tell you what, living for Jesus is the best decision you can ever make. He loves you with a love like none other. And the great thing is, not only does he have a great plan for your life, he loves you just as you are. And he invites you to take the free gift of salvation and to live your life for him. And, you know, if you've never asked Jesus into your heart, today can be the day. He doesn't require you to clean up your life before you can accept Him into your heart. No, He takes you just as you are. It doesn't matter your background. Thank God for that. It doesn't matter your failures or your past. Jesus can wipe everything clean the moment you ask Him into your heart. Maybe you're listening right now and you've never received that free gift of salvation. Or maybe you're listening and you've kind of strayed away and you're not living your life for God like you used to. I want to invite you to do it today. I'm going to lead you in a prayer right here in the, at the first part of this podcast. And I'm going to ask that you just repeat after me and that you mean it in your heart. I mean, God loves you. And he wants you to live a life for him. So I want to ask you to pray this prayer with me. Just say this, dear Heavenly Father, I ask you to come into my heart today. I ask you to forgive me of my sins. I turn my back on the devil. And today I make the decision to live for you. I thank you for dying on the cross and taking my sin and sickness and mistakes so that I might live eternally. Today, I declare that Jesus Christ is my Lord and Savior. Today is my new beginning. My past is cleared, and my future is waiting. Thank you, Lord, for loving me and being my very own Father. In Jesus' name, amen. You know what? The Bible says the angels are rejoicing over you. Hey, heaven is excited. They're having a party over you. And I want to ask if you pray that prayer, that you send me a little email or a direct message and let me know. And then I want to encourage you to get in a good church, one that believes that God's word is true. And if you need to know of a good church in your area, send me an email and I'll help you find one. And then begin reading in your Bible, get you a a translation that you can understand and maybe start in the New Testament, maybe the book of John. Just start reading every day. Well, you know what? That is a good way to start the podcast, don't you think? Aren't you excited for people receiving Jesus into their heart? I want to just say also, thank you for listening. Thank you for subscribing. Thank you for joining me in the journey to make our lives better. Today, this is what I want to talk to you about. I want to ask you a question. Have you ever prayed about something and you just didn't seem to be getting the answer that you needed? Or maybe no answer at all? You're probably thinking, yes, (laughs) believe me, I've been there and I've done that many times in my life. In fact, of course, it reminds me of a story. You know, I'm full of stories. It is about my daughter, Savannah. Many years ago, 
I lost a diamond ring. I looked everywhere for that ring, and y'all, it was just like it disappeared. I mean, one day it was with my jewelry, and then the next day it was gone. And I'm pretty good at tracking things down. You know, I'm a mom. If mama can't find it, nobody can find it. (laughs) But this had been months of looking, and y'all, that ring was so special to me. And I just couldn't find it. And you know what? I had prayed and prayed and prayed. And guess what? Nothing happened. (laughs) And you know what? I was devastated because this, this ring just meant something to me. About eight months later, we were at my son's Little League baseball game. And my daughter, Savannah, she was playing beside the bleachers. In one hand, she had a baby doll. And in the other hand, she had her purse. And she rarely went anywhere without both of these items. She was definitely all girly girl. (laughs) I watched as Savannah emptied out her purse right in the middle of the dirt. You know, this was my third child. You know, I didn't care that she was playing in the dirt. She played a little while, and then she gathered everything back up, put it all in her purse. and She walked around a little bit, and then she sat down, and she repeated the same process. I saw her empty out that purse at least three times that night. As soon as the game was over, I went over to uh, to get Savannah. Her purse was empty, emptied out everywhere in the dirt, and I quickly helped her pick up all of her belongings. She had scattered everywhere. And I put it back in her purse, and just when I thought we had gotten it all, I noticed something. I thought it was trash. But as I wiped away the dirt, I discovered it definitely wasn't trash. Y'all, it was my diamond ring. I couldn't believe it. Come to find out, she had put it in her purse and carried it around for months. Eight months, to be exact. She had emptied out that purse so many times over the course of those months. I mean, she had taken it to church. She had taken it everywhere. And yet one thing stayed constant and consistent and didn't ever get lost. And that one thing was my diamond ring. Who would have thought right there in the midst of the dirt, on a baseball field, barely able to be seen, was my miracle? I mean, come on. I wasn't looking for it. I wasn't even thinking about it it anymore. Honestly, y'all, I had given up on ever finding it. I felt like I had worn God out with my prayers. What I thought was actually over wasn't. What I thought was gone forever was just buried under some mess. (laughs) But that didn't stop the miracle from showing up in my life. The truth is, I didn't find it. It found me. Y'all, I wonder how many times do we give up? just right before our miracle happens. How many times do we get frustrated because we see no progress? How often do we give up on God because we think he doesn't care? Or maybe we think, you know, our miracle just isn't as important. How often do we spend our days worried about things we once put in God's hands? It takes me to this Bible story found in 2 Kings, and I'm going to read a little bit to you. And it was about Naaman. Naaman was a commander of an army. He was highly regarded. He was respected. But one thing about Naaman set him apart. He had leprosy. And he was told to go to the prophet's house, and the prophet would do something for him. So I'm going to pick up in 2 Kings chapter 5, verse 9. It says, So Naaman came with his horses and chariots 
and stood in the doorway of the prophet Elisha's house. Elisha sent out a messenger who told him, Go and wash seven times in the Jordan, and your skin will be restored, and you will be healed. Verse 11 says, Naaman went away angry. He said, Look, I thought for sure he would come out and stand there and invoke the name of the Lord his God, wave his hand over the area, and cure the skin disease. Verse 12 says, The, river is, the rivers of Damascus and the hard name, hard name river <laughs> are better than any of the waters of Israel. Could I not wash in them and be healed? The Bible says, So Naaman turned around and he went away angry. Verse 13 says, His servants approached him and said, Oh, Master, if the prophet had told you to do some difficult task, you would simply be willing to do it. It seems you should be happy that he simply said, Wash and you will be healed. Verse 14, So Naaman went down and he dipped in the Jordan seven times, as the prophet had instructed. His skin became as smooth as a young child's and he was healed. I read you that story because... Sometimes when we're believing God for a miracle, we kind of think we know how that miracle should come to pass. (laughs) See, Naaman had preconceived ideas in his head how he would be cured of the leprosy. In fact, he was offended. And I can just imagine Naaman thinking, first of all, prophet, you don't even come down yourself. You send your measly messenger (laughs) to tell me to dip not once but seven times in the filthiest river there is. And Naaman got mad. He wanted that prophet to come down and wave his hand over him and speak the name of the Lord. Naaman was looking for Benny Hinn, right? (laughs) But God wanted him to go jump in the lake. See, folks, our miracle always comes through God's plan, not ours. My dad used to say, God is wiser and smarter than I am. Amen to that. I have figured that out myself. See, folks, God doesn't need Holy Ghost Jr. (laughs) God didn't do it the way Naaman thought it should be done. And you know what? Naaman almost missed his miracle because of his pride. He almost walked away in anger and offense. And if it had not been for those servants, man, I don't know what would have happened. Just imagine if the people surrounding Naaman would have egged him on and said, you know what, that's right, Naaman, you're too good for the Jordan River. Walk away. Go find another prophet. Oh, man, thank God for Naaman's servants. They told him what he needed to do. They told him what he needed to hear. It was simple yet profound. And it brought him to the place he needed to be. See, folks, when you're believing God for a miracle, one of the most expensive things you can do is pay attention to the wrong people. You know why? Because not everybody is for you. And not everybody needs to know what you're believing God for. Not not everybody needs to know your, your stuff that you're going through. In other words, you don't necessarily need to put it on Facebook or Twitter or Instagram. You need to guard what you believe in God for. I saw somebody say this, this is for couples who flaunt their love on Facebook, then suddenly go quiet after their breakup. You need to tell us exactly what happened. We have invested a lot of time, likes, and comments on your pictures and posts. We need closure too. (laughs) See folks, not everyone will understand what you're believing God for. Be wise. Be protective. 
be, be, you know, just protect that miracle that you're believing God for. Sometimes you even, you have to keep it to yourself or even just tell a few people, but be protective and then keep believing. Let me give you some cold, hard facts, folks. God really does care about what you're facing. He hasn't gone on vacation. He hasn't forgotten about you. I'll say this scripture a lot in my podcast. The Bible says the very day we pray, the tide of the battle is turning. You may think it's over, but God is just getting started. Listen, you are stronger than what you're going through. So don't give up just because it's tough. Don't quit just because things might be, might be getting worse. Let me assure you, God hears and answers prayers. God is for you, so don't be against you. Don't allow the process to discourage you. Don't allow the bad news and the setbacks to put you in a tailspin. Don't allow what you see to cause you to forget what God has already said. Don't allow what you see to keep you from looking with eyes of faith. In other words, don't focus on the problem. Don't focus on how nothing is happening. Don't focus on the setbacks. Focus on the promises of God. Keep believing for those kids. Keep trusting God to do a miracle in your marriage. Keep waiting for that spouse God has promised you. Keep believing for a miracle in your health. Keep standing on what God has already declared over your life. You do what you can do, and then watch what God will do. If God said it, He will do it. If He spoke it, it will come to pass. No matter what you're believing for, trust that God will bring it to pass. And take it from me, folks, a little dirt isn't going to keep your miracle away. At just the right time, God will make it happen.